What is the word, everybody? It's your boys, Sherman Obed, back here once again, bringing you the latest episode from What's the Word Entertainment. I know it's been far too long, you guys. We apologize for the delay, but we are definitely back in action here, bringing you all the latest uh, news and, and uh, record record deals from around the NFL this week. We're going to be doing an all-football episode here. Obed, glad to have you aboard once again, as always, sir. Uh, we got a lot to talk about this week, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be out here talking to the people yet again. Bringing them their champion. Uh, uh, yeah, this is there's a there's a lot going on, a lot of drama in the in the NFL these days. A lot of drama in the LBC. <laughs> so, so much hard. Oh god, I missed it. I missed it. <laughs> it's kind of hard being the real WTWENT. <laughs> it's hard out here in the streets for a pimp. I know. I know. I know. But man, let's just get right into it, folks. I know we've got a lot to talk about as we're starting. You know, like I said, which is going to be an all NFL week this week for us here on What's the Word Entertainment. Um, we're going to start off with your boy TB12. Obed. Woo! Woo! Here we go. Here we go. Cue my man Ric Flair. Whatever you start talking about, my guy. Cue up the nature boy Ric Flair. Um, he signed a a uh, a new deal, which is a, well, like extending his deal, of course, with the Patriots. Of course, I mean, man, how much? I mean, how how long can you think this guy really play? Now, his new deal, I think it's going to give him until you know, I think what is it, 2021, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to be he got he got about eight million dollar raise, so he's going to be making twenty twenty three million dollars this year. Mm. Like I'm sure, I'm sure he really needed it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the rich wife paradox. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and he's what? He's 42 years old now. Yep. You know, um, how much longer really does he can he play in it? How much does he have left in the tank? I mean, I did I did see him not look quite his crispest in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, they kind of shelved the pass game even though they had a, a plethora of receivers for, uh, you know, more of a run-heavy approach. But that, hey, maybe that's how you play through the, the cold time of the year, right? You just uh, dig your fingers into the ground, you go get those yards. Uh, so if you if you look at the contract, it's extended until 2021. Mm-hmm. But the last two years are basically just ghost years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea, I think, is that this is a one-year pact. Uh, it keeps him in town in the – and you know, the, the, they, he was asked about this at uh, training camp, uh, and he said it is what it is. Um, I, I think that uh, coupled with him selling his home or putting his house up for sale uh, in Brookline, Mass., um, it's a little dicey to feel like there is a, a pact between them uh, that extends more than just one year. Now, uh, does that mean that they're looking to move on from Brady? No, but, it, you know, this contract is very friendly to the team. It's not good for the quarterback market, right? Like that you, you as the most star-studded guy is only getting 23 million. Like I'm sure mm-hmm. he's making 30 right now, right? Um, and you know, somewhere down the line, if barring injury, you know, these two ways, these two uh, teams, excuse me, two camps decide to part ways. This seems like the kind of contract that that could happen on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's just more. I think they're kind of it's like a deferred type of deal. Um, you know, like you said, it's kind of ghost years. It's a, more of a deferment type situation to kind of see. And this proves that, you know, he's really doing this for the team because this actually gives them more cap space, I believe. Oh, yeah. Doing, yeah. doing the deal this way. Something like that. Yeah. So um, 
it, it, it just shows that, you know, he's obviously all in and obviously the team, but he's not looking just to get more money for himself and not caring, you know, what about the rest of the team. He's oh, yeah. doing this overall, overall. And that's one of the things you have to applaud about uh, Tom Brady that, you know, he's really that team oriented guy and he's willing to take pay cuts and take less money to bring in more, more talent and fill out that roster so they can continue to win Super Bowls. You know, that's why they do what they do. You know, if you notice, like most of the high paying prolific players in the, in the league don't really win su- that many Super Bowls or quite often. You know what I mean? They I mean, they win a Super Bowl at all. AJ well, Green won some reserve we'll talk about later. Right. You know, I mean, now you can say Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he has he has one ring, but that was how many years ago, you know, uh, or the huge contract. Right. Exactly. My point, you know, since then, you know, they're not really doing much. Um, So it's it's kind of it's it's you have to applaud Brady in that sense, you know, really just kind of like I said, team focused. Um, But the page, the the Pats, they, you know, they'll be the Patriots, of course. You know, um, I had a conversation with one of my one of my boys the other day. The Patriots will always be around. The Patriots are the San Antonio Spurs of the NFL. They're always, they're consistent. They have great coaching. They have a great system, a great leader. I compare Tom Brady to that of Tim Duncan. He was, you know, you know, Belichick was Popovich, you know, and their continued success. They may not win a championship every year, but they're always in contention. Yeah. And, you know, and you just have a system that's in place that you will, no matter who's on that squad, who fills out the rest of that squad, they will be a contender. That's why I say, you know, the Patriots are the Spurs in the NFL, and the Spurs are the Patriots of the NBA, you know? Same same thing. So uh, I think they'll they'll obviously be around still. So It's funny you mentioned that because I I can't remember when I was, I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and we were talking about, you know, when you can't think of who won the NBA championship, it was probably the Spurs, right? The team that we just didn't watch as much uh, because of our time zone. Mm-hmm. And our, our, you know, our basketball at the time, East Coast basketball is fantastic. Um, but they would be the team that went out there and was always in contention, always someone you had to think about, you know, even when they have to play through Kobe to get there, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this, that was that they were an ultra competitive team. They did their, their, what they had to do in their conference. And then when they took it uh, to the road on the game onto the road, they were able to hang with all of the stars from the other conferences, uh, the other conference and the other divisions. Um, so yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. So now we'll see the difference between, you know, the Spurs that we know now versus the Spurs that we know from, you know, yesteryear, right? They don't, mm-hmm. I don't think they're as star-studded now as they were before. Here we go, jumping into, you said all NFL, we're talking about that. <laughs> well, and, and it's almost like even now, now that, now that Brady doesn't have Gronkowski is almost like, you know, the Spurs being out with, let's say, Manu Ginobili type of thing, you know what I mean? That 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 key player helping Brady out. What is what will be life be like without Gronk there? Um, you know, as that safety net for Brady. You know, especially in in, in red zone situations on the goal line, tossing it up to the corner. You got Gronk. You know, who's a, who's just a monster who's just straight yeah. bodying people like well, that. Well, ones are just blowing through people. Right, exactly. So, you know, we'll still really see what turns out this season for the Patriots. But again, of course, you know, I'm sure they'll still be around. Um, moving on, some other big news, of course, in the NFL. The biggest things, obviously, we're going to talk about a couple elite running backs. First off, we'll start with Ezekiel Elliott from the Cowboys. Um, he has not been at camp at all. He's missing in action. He's holding out for a new deal, you know, and now the former Ohio State running back, you know, he still has two years, almost $13 million left on his rookie deal. Yeah. Um, you know, here's the thing. Here, here's where I say that the Cowboys really hold all the chips in this one. Not only does he have two years left on his deal, 
but the Cowboys can then turn around and franchise tag him for at least another two years, maybe even three afterwards the two deals, two years are up. So I don't see Ezekiel Elliott sitting out for the next four years no. at all. No. You know what I mean? We know, what's his body going to be like? What kind of shape is he going to be in after four years without football? He's going to, you know, of course, need the money, you know, because these these guys spend spend money like it's nothing, you know what I mean? Like it's, like it's water going out of style. Yeah. So I, I can't imagine this man sitting out for four years just to say, to prove a point, you know, he's worth more money. Dude, you signed the deal as a rookie. I get it. He's an elite player. He's an elite running back. He's an elite player in the NFL. Yeah. We can, I think we can both agree on that, right? Yeah. He deserves to be paid more, yes. But you signed the deal that says you will work for this money, this dollar. You come to work, and perhaps we talk about it. It's like, dude, that's like me going to that's like me going to my job and saying, you know what? I'm not coming to work until you until you give me a, a higher salary. You raise my salary. They can be like, um, okay, don't come to work. Deuces, holler for a dollar. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and that's it. So um, to that standpoint, you know what I mean? I, I I get he deserves the money. Don't get me wrong. He's elite, but you still got to show up, dude. And how yeah. does this play out with your teammates? You know, are they gonna really respect respect him? So there's piecing out on them, you know, because the Cowboys they're in win mode. They're in win now mode. Right now. Right now. Hundred percent. Jerry Jones does not want to go through another turmoil led season. So they need to win now. And Ezekiel Elliott helps them win. If Zeke is not there, they're not going anywhere. Let's be honest here. (laughs) Let's be honest here. Let's be quite honest here. Yeah. So I I, I mean, I would agree. I would absolutely agree with you that this is you know there's got there's got to be something said about showing up. I understand where he's coming from. I just was doing the numbers as you were talking about how they can franchise tag him after the last two years of his contract. Mm -hmm. uh, He already signed his. uh, We're talking about bad contracts. So I've I've had friends asking me about this podcast, and I was like, yeah, so let me you know go ahead and share with them. And a part of me was like, man, I make some very inflammatory comments about ownership of the NFL uh, and the kind of mentality (laughs) with which these owners operate with their employees, and. This just seems well, like I, I know I know where you're going with that. You know, they got that. Yep, yep, yes, I'm weighed in the wall. I got you. See Black Clansman, I recommend you go check that one out. It's a good one. Uh, and so to think that you would sign or, or offer a 19 year old, 20 year old, a contract that basically allowed you to have control of him, uh, his rights for. Are we are we talking about seven years of of the Cowboys basically? It's it's supposed to be a four year contract with a fifth year option. You're saying that there's two more years they could add in franchise tags. Like right. that is that is insanity. Just mm-hmm. pay this man and keep it moving. You know this is why I say that the NFL will not be like international sports, right? You look at basketball. Basketball is the one that I think I can compa- can show to people who are like born and raised in America and only understand American sports, so that they can look at the whole entire spectrum of international sports and be like, "Yo, soccer players make houses a week. Gareth Bale makes eight hundred thousand dollars a week, right? And he barely plays. Mesut Ozil makes three hundred fifty thousand, well, not dollars, euros, but euros a week. Mesut Ozil makes three hundred fifty thousand euros a week." Right. And he doesn't play a lot, but we know them as the best players. When these guys get bought and these these contract rights get moved and the player moves, there's a fee paid for their move. And then you pay them out their contract and they back up the Brinks truck for all of them. Right. It's not just Jalen Ramsey getting out of the Brinks truck uh, with. (laughs) I come here for all that. Um, So uh, it's it just it's shocking to me. That this is this is why Melvin Gordon is sitting out. It's not. And this is why people are like, oh, man, uh, 
Le'Veon Bell reset the market down to like 12 million a year because he held out. And but if he if that extra year leads to him playing longer and being around to have a career like I, I don't know like how has he played as long as Alfred Morris? You know some of these guys who's, who mm. don't get to be lifers in the NFL need to maximize their pay, and they're running these guys into the ground. I, I still believe Le'Veon Bell is a prototype for today's uh, NFL running back, a guy. You can run the rock between the tackles. He can withstand that those hits and then slide out and be your wide receiver too. He Absolutely. Positions, and that's so valuable to a team. People are, are like literally leading this campaign of running backs and, matter. Especially it's, in a – because it's a passing league. In a passing league. But you can't just abandon the run and think no. you're going to come out here and pass the ball. You're going to be the first team off the field. Every single time that you get the ball, if you're going three and out, because the quarterbacks can't actually play the quarterback position. Uh, people are waiting for Mitch Trubisky to, to make a leap. Maybe if you hold up a, a signboard that has Lady Gaga, Darth Vader, uh, the Chippendales Rescue Rangers, and the <laughs> Eiffel Tower, that he'll know what the play is because these guys can't get under center and call a play. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I, I, it just. You can't you can't just get these kids in the first round and say, OK, I'm just going to run through a, one player until we find the next one. Right. Yeah. They could do this with every single player. At some point, there has to be a league minimum. And this is a whole entire different conversation. Anyway, the Cowboys are going more without Ezekiel. Uh, I, I, yeah, I know. I, I told you, I, I, I understand what you're saying, Obed. You know, you, but you have to address the issue at hand. Yes. It, he is not there. No. They will not win without him being there, yeah. flat out. Yeah. Dak Prescott, you know, he's grown as a quarterback. Don't get me wrong, you know, he's and he's going to be probably look, seeking a new a new deal after the, after this year as well too. They made an offer to him, so I think he there's something on the table for him right now. There's a okay. offers for both of those players, and they're working on Amari Cooper's extension or actual contract. Okay, that's that was me and my next point as well too. Amari Cooper, you know, you have. You know, a a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. You have an, a you know a, a potentially you know a, a Pro Bowl receiver, an elite running back. Keep these th- three headed monster together at yeah. all costs. Yeah. Look what you had in the '90s with Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, and Michael Irvin. Now I'm not compare. I'm not saying these guys are them. Do, please yeah. do not get me wrong. Yeah. But look what happens when you have three that those three like elite guys at that position: quarterback, running back, and receiver. You can thrive. Yeah. Now, of course, you'll have to you have other pieces, your defense and things like that. Yeah. But the, you need to pay these guys, you know, position players like this, especially elite, you know, elite running backs, especially. They don't come. They don't. They're not. They're not hanging off trees. You know what I mean. Uh, not, the not, NFL yeah. would make you think that that's a completely different uh, story. The way that they're treating these top ranked picks, like mm-hmm. if you got Zeke Elliott at the number four in his draft, and he's come out and been the rushing champion and been a stud for you and the cornerstone of your team, along with a fantastic offensive line, they're going to have to pay those guys too. So they got to keep that in mind. Um, it's it's hard for me to see that you won't pay him what he's due now that he's played on this rookie scale. Like it's time to increase my pay. I, I've outproduced what you've paid me. Right. Um, and it's not uncommon for teams to do that. Melvin Gordon's case, I've heard individuals say that, uh, and we can roll into Melvin Gordon. Now yeah, yeah, please. Uh, that that this individual, uh, you know, is probably replaceable. Right. Like okay, fine, fair. But you drafted him late in the first round. I believe he's produced as a first-round talent for you, and given your team another dynamic. Do you want if you want to come out here and throw the ball 300,000 times with Philip Rivers? He's ready to go. That's Philly. Mm-hmm. That's Philly fucking Rivers. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, pardon yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I just, you know, he's. You no, know, so, but here's my thing with Melvin Gordon. The Chargers can win without Melvin Gordon. True. 
Okay, the Chargers can win without. They have Philip Rivers there. You know, they're Austin Eckler they're, is great. Justin Jackson is great. You know, the you you can you've got a Keenan Allen you can throw the ball to Travis Mike, Mike Travis Benjamin excuse me Mike Williams. Yep. You know, um, Philip Rivers will win you some games. Let's 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 be real. Yeah. With without Melvin Gordon, they can probably easily get eight to nine wins. You know, maybe even ten without without Melvin Gordon. You know, I'd say at least yep. eight. But you know, they they stacked up on that defense with Joey Bosa, of course, Melvin Ingram. Um, you know. But the Chargers, I think, are, are you know hold, hold the chips in this one too. You know, quite frankly, I feel. Can we can we talk about the Chargers defenses that they're playing in the AFC West? The Raiders defense is soft. Mm. The Chiefs defense is terrible. It's gotten better. You know, they, they, remember they signed they signed they have, Matthew in the offseason. Secondary. They have a bad secondary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's that's what matters the most. I think uh, can't sleep on Denver. Uh, if there's a game that Philip Rivers like completely disappears on, and as far as a passer, it's when he has to go and play the Broncos, or when the Broncos come and play him. It's when, yeah, because because yeah, he knows Vaughn Miller is coming after him. That's right. right. Yeah. And that's, that's a bad man. Not cook it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that the Chargers could, because of who they actually have to play in division, mm-hmm. along with they generally play well out of division. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as, as going back to, they beat the uh, the, Ra- the Ravens uh, in the divisional round of the playoffs. Um, you know, mm. it's they. This is a team that could win without him. So you know, and he's only given up 5.6 million dollars this year, right? It's not the 15 million that Le'Veon Bell gave up. So if that point mm. six means nothing to somebody who ha- who knows his worth and is still young, I feel like there there we could be seeing a uh, Melvin Gordon less Chargers team through this season. Yeah, yeah, I, I I I would agree with that. You know, um, I, I just don't now. Kind of going back to Zeke Elliott, I think Zeke Elliott will sign before Melvin Gordon does. Yes. Um, you know, uh, just yeah. because, like I said, he's got two, compared to two years to one year. You know, so I think Melvin Gordon signs. You know, I think he did ask for a trade. You know, but let's say he let's say the Chargers do decide to trade him. Where do you think Melvin Gordon could end up? Yeah. It's tough because the only like available places that I think would love to do a deal, they're not going to do. They're not going to send him to the Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. And that you can't trade him in your division. He's got to go somewhere else. Right. The Texans have uh, a a undrafted free agent, I believe, that they found uh, who lit up for uh, preseason. I haven't watched the, the the recast yet, but I will. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a spot for him. Theo Riddick has signed with the Broncos where I don't really know where he fits in. Cause you want that work to go to Philip Lindsay anyways, if you're trying to have a two headed uh, attack with Royce Freeman and him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to say, man, I, the, the Redskins. Yeah. I mean, you, know I mean? you give up on Darius guys. You, do you already? Have you even just after one year coming off the injury? You'd have to see one year coming off the injury to versus a healthy and alive Melvin Gordon now. Right. If Geis is good enough, he'll make you make a decision because you have to. It's not a sign and trade. It's just a, you you agree to trade and you mm-hmm. can sign him when his contract is up. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you trade for him. You let him play out that one year uh, unless he says he won't play for anything at all. Right. If he right, says he's right. not playing anywhere for any amount of money that isn't a, a brand new contract, then, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know where I think he could or would would, would be a nice fit in Seattle with Russell Wilson. Um, you know, I know they got Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. You know, the, you know, I, Chris Carson is is developing as into a nice nice player, 
but putting him with Russell Wilson, you know, running play action, you know, running, you know, yeah. some, some scat packages, you know, with, with that offense, I think that would be a nice, and then Russell Wilson would appreciate it very much. Cause like I said, it's a passing league. Russell Wilson likes to throw the rock. He got Melvin Gordon out of the backfield. I think that would be a nice pickup for the Seattle Seahawks. Well, will it happen? Oh, I have no idea. Of course, yeah, you know, I don't think yeah. but that would be, that would be something to see because it would give them that, that, kind of at least three headed dynamic that he needs. Cause you don't, we don't really know what you have in Chris Carson. He's flashed. You don't know mm-hmm. what you have in Rashad Penny. He's flashed. Carson mm-hmm. been more consistent of the two, but you would like to see one of them break out and be like, this is your job. Right. And mm-hmm. they, they, they've been looking for their Marshawn list beast mode replacement ever since he walked out of the door and they haven't. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and you need some other, you know, pass catchers, you know, David Moore, Tyler Lockett, is really his the number one. I know they picked up D- DK Metcalf out of Ole Miss this, you know, this draft. But, you know, I think adding Melvin Gordon, who can catch the ball out of the backfield, as I mentioned, will be a nice uh, pickup for them. Yeah. Um, speaking about ca- catching the rock, of course, we can talk about some elite wide receivers. First, let's talk about Michael Thomas out of, out of New Orleans. Um, he held out for about a couple weeks or less than a week it was. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It worked for him. He yeah. got a brand new record deal for wide receivers, five years, almost $100 million, $61 million of which is guaranteed. As we said before, this is, you know, NFL has become a passing league, you know, and, you know, running backs don't matter, you know, really, or, or is that true or not? But unless they can catch the ball, like a Le'Veon Bell, like we said, like a Melvin Gordon. But congratulations, uh, Michael Thomas, on that record deal. He's an elite talent, you know. Uh, I, 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 I think that with Breeze, his numbers shine a little bit brighter, I'll say, because you have one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history throwing you the rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, I, you know, can Melvin Gordon, you know, keep up the work that he's doing? I think so. You know, this this, you know, this former uh, second round pick out of Ohio State has shown that, you know, he is an elite wide receiver in this in this league. Um, but does he continue that success even Let's say Breeze hits a cliff, you know what I mean, and drops down. Will Melvin Gore, I mean, will Michael Thomas still be elite as he is? I'm not sure. Well, I guess it's left to be seen. It will have to be seen. I mean, it's the it's the Odell Beckham Jr. paradox, right? When the when we know that the player is a stud, when the quarterback begins to decline, we'll know. When Odell Beckham Jr. is like, why can't we complete a 20 yard pass, right? Why not? Because mm-hmm. the quarterback can't throw anymore. We, mm-hmm. And I just, this is this is why I feel like the combination of a very accurate Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. is is something that could do numbers. Oof. As it let's, just, go, let's, yo, let's go Browns. Let's go, let's go Browns. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> so with the $61 million guaranteed, if that is a, the, the number that Michael Thomas was looking for was $20 million a year. So, We'll have to assume that they said, fine, we'll absolutely pay you $20 million a year to be the security blanket for uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. One still one of the most accurate guys. And if the arm isn't there, if you're willing to work the underneath intermediate, underneath intermediate part of the area and even go on big shots when we have them, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's not bad. I'd say he got a good three-year guaranteed contract of $20 million a year. You know, right. I... Yeah. You know, I, I mean, he is an elite. You know, he led the league. La- he led the league in receptions last year with 125 or 1400 yards, yeah. but only, and only nine touchdowns. You know, Breeze throws the ball so much. There's so many different, uh, you know, guys out there to give the rock to. That's the thing about the Saints. You know, yes. they throw the ball all over the place. 
Yeah. You know, with you know, uh, whether it be to Alvin the backup quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Taysom Hill, exactly. You know, Alvin Kamara out of the backfield, Teddy Ginn Jr. on deep routes, Jared Cook is there now. You know what I mean? Smith is out there. Yeah. So it's it's you know, but he'll still Michael Thomas will still get his numbers. Um, you know, he's gonna I'm sure he'll have another Pro Bowl season. Um, you know, but it, uh, I, does he deserve that kind of money? Yeah, yeah that's I mean, what you said. The, it's a passing league now, right? Now you're saying the focus is on the the NFL is stating that they no longer want to pay running backs; they want to pay wide receivers. That that's where the game is. Even though the running backs that have the teams that will be in the postseason will run the ball the best. The Patriots ran the ball the best as one of the best teams in the NFL, even with passing game involved, and they won the Super Bowl, right? There's got to be something said for ball possession of the ball. There's got to be something said for being meticulous. If the one thing that Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes needs to learn, it's to move the ball carefully down the field and eat up the time to keep your bad defense off of the field. And, but this is not what these guys do. It's all big bang, moon shots, get off the field in 15 seconds. The defense is still gassed. They're on excitement and adrenaline because you guys just scored a touchdown, but those guys probably do need a minute or two to chill. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, it's it's that we're just going to keep seeing that. If you can do Michael Thomas things, Michael Thomas has now set the bar. If mm-hmm. you're close to doing what Michael Thomas does, you're going to get that kind of money or more. But mm-hmm. the NFL is about depreciation of assets, right? So they're going to try to keep these guys from taking as much money as possible until the next CBA comes in, uh, and we'll see what those TV deals are looking like. Yeah, yeah. Um, another wide receiver news. Your what's up with your boy AB um, out of out of Oakland? Wow. I just. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna let you just go in on this one for a minute because I know you have a lot to say. I <laughs> feel the, the floor is yours, Obed. I pre- I appreciate it, sir. We, this is a safe space uh, here on the real. <laughs> no, Amen. No, no, no judgment here. No judgment, no here. judgment here. Antonio, Antonio, I just don't know what to say. I've been a staunch supporter of you, especially you being a Pittsburgh Steeler. I'm not saying that I'm against the Steelers. I'm just not a fan, right? And I'm not a fan of some of your antics while you were wearing that jersey. Now, maybe it's comforting to Steelers fans to know that, like, this is just who he is, all the confirmation there uh, from that bias. But, you know, he's his arrival to camp in the hot air balloon, uh, (laughs) you know, it was just it was just ridiculous. And um, he. Oh, bet. I think I lost the you there for a second. Say, say that one more time. Sorry about that. Uh, hit, I said him arriving in the hot air balloon was just was just special. Mm-hmm. But if you guys haven't seen it, go and check out Jalen Ramsey going to uh, training camp in a Brinks truck. Absolutely ridiculous. He uh, <laughs> apparently got frostbite from you go using a cryotherapy chamber without mm-hmm. the appropriate. I'm so so. Are you telling me that you were just too excited? Like you you don't listen to people who tell you how to do things so you can save your life, perhaps, you know, I don't think, <laughs> you know, I mean, the idea that you, you no, are, I, I, first of all, why are you in a car out there? But you know, black people don't like the cold. <laughs> Come on, man. The, this guy, I mean, cryotherapy is like the, the biggest thing for these guys now, right? Like they're all about, uh, uh, re rejuvenating their body. You've seen, uh, Steph Curry's all about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Adam Thielen's all about it. LeBron's all about it. Clay you Thompson know, does it too. Clay Thompson does it too. You know, there, there, there must be some, some, positivity to this science fine at least listen to the people instructing you on how to do it so that you do it appropriately right yeah uh, put on put on some double socks miss wrong what's wrong with you dude yeah and then and then you won't play without his old helmet i i do not understand that at all i don't understand that at all um I, if you know I, I, Tom Brady apparently, went through the same thing uh, go go ahead speak on this no I was gonna say, yeah, apparently he's been wearing the same helmet for the like past 10 years you know the entire his career and he doesn't want to change so that's all I, that is 
Yeah, he said something like it, it uh, uh, obstructs his vision or something like that. And I mean, I mean, I get it, right? Maybe it's a larger shell so that it it has that uh, what's it called CTE avoiding technology. Uh, Tom Brady has gone through the same uh, issue. They told him he needed to change his helmet. I don't know if they allowed him to get away with wearing his old helmet. I believe he went back to it, and it was never spoken about again, as far as I know. Um, I feel like that the league is taking a step forward for individuals to uh, to to you know take care of themselves. This is a brutal sport. There's no way around it. Uh, but you want to mitigate that issue as best possible. And these are steps towards it. I, it, it just seems like a whole bunch of not playing. Like that's what it sounds mm-hmm. like to me. It sounds mm-hmm. that, that what Antonio needs to do is prove that he is who he is on the field and get away from all of the nonsense that is keeping him from being successful at, you know, the, his, his job. Right. Um, whether yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if, if, you know, I don't know, as much the same as uh, Zeke, show up for your, your coworkers. Show up for the people that uh, believe in you, that support you. Absolutely. I, I would expect yeah. the same amount of this from, from Antonio. It just doesn't seem to be there. When he went to, when I heard that he was going to the Raiders, I was just like, I don't even know if that's a good idea. I don't know if that's the kind of culture that he needs to be going to taking what he does. I think he needs more structure than this, but mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. we are. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's just expressing that, you know, that or showing that diva mentality, which we all know he, he has, you know, from filming, you know, from Facebook living, you know, in the, or streaming live in the locker room in Pittsburgh. I appreciate him doing that. I don't know if the, that the Patriots would have fired up the team that that did show up that day if he hadn't, uh, you know, created bulletin board material. So I appreciate him for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you know, like I said, the hot air balloon thing, the crowd out there, you know, now the helmet situation. Apparently, it's, you know, the NFL has a long-standing policy that requires players to wear helmets that are, are certified um, by the National Operating Committee on Standards for Athletic Equipment. So, apparently, the Raiders have been sending him a bunch of different approved helmets, and he says, no, he doesn't care. He wants to wear his own helmet. Dude, it's a helmet. Come on, dude. And if this helmet is going to help protect you better – why not put the damn helmet on and go, go, just go play football. You know, I really don't have any other words for Antonio Brown right now. Um, you know, it, it's, I feel like he's just being immature at this point. Um, I think you kind of, you kind of said it, said most of it, said it best, Obed, you know, I just don't think really else to say Antonio Brown is being Antonio Brown. And is, and he's, is he willing to really quit football over a helmet? I, I don't think so. I, I don't think I can't, it's uh, I can't, I can't imagine that at all. I really can't. Um, another some other wide receiver news. I don't know if you saw that the Giants receiver Golden Tate got suspended for four games for PEDs. Now he was saying that this was he started taking some fertility medication, yeah, yeah. and it, it contained a substance that he wasn't aware. Of, but he reported it right away, so I'll commend him for that. Once yeah. he found out, will he will the will suspension be upheld? I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, and other big news for receivers aj green had surgery on his left ankle he injured his ankle leg in practice he's gonna miss he's gonna miss a few games bad luck the Bengals are done i think the bank without without aj green we assume you with aj green they weren't making the playoffs yeah without aj they're they're a four or five win team max maybe three you know especially Um, in the afc north yeah, which 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 I already have said the Browns will be winning this year. Market on that. I'm Vegas. Where you at? I will put money down right now. Yeah. Anyone wants to fight me on that? Holla at me. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shoot me, son. See me when you're on my block. <laughs> All day. Um. So you know that's that's just poor poor luck. Poor luck for the uh, for the Bengals there. 
you know, I mean, is AJ Green still? Let me ask you this really quick, and we can move on. Is AJ Green still an elite wide receiver when healthy? I believe that AJ Green is still an elite wide receiver when healthy. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. The kind of pace that he was on last year before he ended up getting injured uh, was amazing. Um, you know, the kind of first round all pro talent that you expect from him day in and day out when he is healthy on the field, which is the the dichotomy there when he is on the field. Anybody can do amazing things, but you have to be on the field first to do them. Um, and he shows us that he takes it to that level. Uh, it's funny because he's in uh, contract negotiations currently uh, and you, you know, you believe in him, you want to buy into him, but look at, we're right. We're trying to negotiate a contract and this person who's always hurt is hurt again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, is the, the one ability that everybody needs to have is availability. If you want to play in the NFL. Absolutely. And, and you know, he's got to, he has got to get healthy. I mean, it just, it, I think, I think there's a shadow, a, a, cloud of just bleh over Cincinnati. And I just, you know, I know we're on to Cincinnati. We're yeah. on to Cincinnati. <laughs> but I need I need AJ Green to, to probably leave and try greener pastures. He should go to the Patriots, if anything. Ooh, oh, imagine that. Imagine him imagine giving Brady another weapon like that. You know, I know it's funny I said for a while a while, but Marvin Lewis should be fired. I kept saying that throughout last season. And of course he is his time is up. Yeah. Um but yeah, an elite player like that. I feel bad for AJ Green. He needs, as you said, to move on to greener pastures. He his talent is being wasted in Cincinnati. Sorry for all the Bengals fans out there. Yeah. But his talents are being wasted in Cincinnati. Whether you know whether he goes to the Patriots or you know or someplace else, you know the Steelers with Big Ben. Heck, the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. That would be nice too. Right. Or the Pan the Panthers with Cam Newton maybe. Right. Uh, oh my goodness. The 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 Packers with Aaron Rodgers, you know, who what a dream. Well, I mean, they already have Devontae Adams over there. So if you took an a, aging AJ Green to come be your number two, my goodness. That, that's <laughs> um, that's the you know, the, the oh, hounds of hell yeah. for uh, for Aaron Rodgers. Right. Or even, you know, uh even the Eagles with uh, Carson Wentz, because you know, Alshon Jeffries kinda hit or miss sometimes. Yeah. You know, they've got Deshaun Jackson back, you know, this you year. Know, that's a that's a pairing and I'm looking surprised to see. I hear that he and uh and Deshaun have it going on. So, you know, be interesting to see what the uh NFC East looks like this year, man. What do mm -hmm. you you think uh that's we what we'll have to talk about our, our predictions later. We'll say that yeah. for episode but, but, uh, but see. yeah i just feel like aj green should definitely move on though um now i one thing i wanted to get back to this this week obed i know we had started we had left off for quite a while our divisional round table definitely yeah. want to get back on that this week we're going to talk about the nfc south um let's start off with the atlanta falcons can let me i want to ask you start off with asking you a question can matt ryan return to mvp form I mean, if Dirk Cotter comes and runs the same Dirk Cotter offense that he did before, there's a chance there. I mean, they're going to be slinging it all over the ball. This is all over the field. Uh, this was a this was a high flying offense that was running. I believe Dirk Cotter uh, was the offensive coordinator for the um, for the team that went to the the Super Bowl. If mm -hmm. I'm mistaken, um, but they they have just been. Uh, 
they've been lights out with him. They just didn't focus as much on the run game. Mm-hmm. But he, I think he, he, it's apparently he does this like every other year from what his, his stats look like. So this could be a year for him to actually explode. They play 13 out of 16 games in the dome this year. So they're not going outside to deal with the elements as much as everybody else. They'll be on the mm-hmm. fast track all year. Uh, there's a familiarity that they won't, it's not like learning a completely new offense. He used to be the offensive coordinator here. There's elements to things. Uh, mm-hmm pull from now that they do have a good run game and a healthy Devonta Freeman, uh, you know, Smith as well. Uh, unfortunately, the departure of Tevin Coleman. Um, it, I, I think, I think there's a chance. I think there's a shot. Everybody it's passing. Mm-hmm. And these yeah. guys are really good at before all these rules came into play. Right. And I, and I think they're, they're really high on uh, a second year man, Cal- Calvin Ridley out of Alabama. You know, he yep. had what 64 catches last year, a little over 800 yards and 10 touchdowns, mm-hmm. uh, which was tied for six in the league. Uh, so there, I know he's he's progressing as well, and we talk about receivers. Of course, probably the baddest receiver in the NFL, Julio Jones, of course, Ooh, well, out of Alabama as well. Now he's got two years, a little over twenty-one million dollars, I believe, left on his current deal. Seems like he's going to be looking for a new contract. Um, will he match Michael Thomas's deal, or will he ex- exceed Michael Thomas's deal? You know. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Now, it is saying that it has been told that Julio Jones will not play this entire preseason. He will be sitting out these preseason games. He says he's always ready. He doesn't need to get ready because he stay ready, you yeah. know, as they, as they say. As um, but uh, will he be seeking a new deal? You know, quite possibly. Like I said, he's got two years left. But, you know, is he looking at a somewhat similar Michael Thomas deal? Oh, maybe perhaps $100 million over four years with maybe $70 million guaranteed? Do you uh, sign him for that much, knowing that he is 30 years old now? And on the, you know, we're talking about Michael Thomas, who's 24, I believe, signing this three-year deal for 20 million a year. What are you paying? Are you going to pay at least 25? Because they've, uh, uh, my understanding is that owner Arthur Blank has made it uh, apparent that he's fine making uh, Julio the highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL. He's like, I have no problem with that. So, you know, what, but, what kind of deal gets it done? But here's the thing about Julio Jones, whether it's on the field. Or whether it's off the field, he's the constant professional. He is he is your prototype wide receiver. When you think about you build a wide receiver from scratch, you yeah. build a guy like Julio Jones. He's yeah. six foot three, two hundred twenty pounds. He's quick as can be. He can go up and get the rock in the in the red zone. He's he's a he's a deep threat down the field. You know, uh, you know he had what 113 catches last year, over 1600 yards, led the league in the actually receiving yards last season. This is the guy that you when you're building. It's almost like the uh, when Calvin Johnson was in the league. He he was the right receiver that constructed you know the Megatron. He was the Megatron as we all yeah. know. Julio Jones is that man. Do you pay him for the next four years, even though he's 30 years old? Their answer is yes. You do not let Julio Jones get away. Matt Ryan can have a field day as long as Julio Jones is there. Okay? You know, if you take him away, now, can can uh, can Calvin really hold it down for them? You know, um, can Mohamed Sanu hold it down for them? Yeah. Austin Hooper, not as much as Julio Jones. I will yeah. say that. You know, if you I let Julio... If Julio's not out there. Yeah, you know, man, Matt Ryan's will, will decline if Julio's not there. Now, he's, don't get me wrong. I think he's still a great quarterback, a Pro Bowl player, former MVP, of course. But Julio Jones is the man. You pay that man whatever he, whatever he wants and whatever he demands. Of course, of course, it's not something unruly, of course. But Julio Jones deserves every single penny that he has coming to him. Um, so 
so to jump on the back of that, I completely agree. I think Julio, he for me, he's he's always been Don Julio Jones. Always had the click weight. <laughs> I've always been a fan. Just one of the prototypical players coming out of Alabama at his time. You know, just just a cut above everything else. Came out the same year as AJ Green, if I'm not mistaken. So the SEC was on fire during that time of their lives. Um, mm-hmm. The comparing the the numbers from Matt Ryan for. The three years, so Dirk Cotter was OC for them from 2012 to 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, you know, had, I believe they brought in uh, Kyle Shanahan, who right. the on offense that uh, was more condensed, running back base. Something about Matt Ryan that I found out through uh, some, some uh, analysis work I did. His last two years or his last year at Boston College, uh, he threw like, <laughs> 70 passes to the running back position. He's always been very good at r- throwing to the running backs. So you give him a Kyle Shanahan offense, it's very running back based. He's got Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman. You know, his while the records, I would say, were, you know, up and down a bit, still, still a 10 win or better team. Uh, his numbers, I feel like, were far better when the game was tighter. When when they were with uh, Dirk Cotter from 2012-2014, they were 13-3. and three. He threw for 4,700 yards, 32 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Uh, 2013, 4,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. You know, But again, these are the declining years of Roddy White, right? Um, mm-hmm. we, we're, we're seeing Roddy White kind of move on in his career. Maybe that, that second position. Second wide receiver position, not as big for them. Uh, 28 touchdowns, 4,700 yards, 14 interceptions the last year of the Derrick Cotter offense. And he it just – hopefully they're they're going to blend the two of those styles. Hopefully that Derrick Cotter has learned from his first uh, pass through. Um, because Derrick Cotter, yeah. Derrick Cotter. They, they have a, a fantastic offense. I think you pay uh, Julio Jones because defense is going to play you different if he's not out there, and that guy makes spectacular plays. Bails mm-hmm. out right on more than one occasion. Uh, but – no, it's it's um they have a chance to do something great. We'll see. But I, I think you pay him. I agree with you. I think you pay him. Absolutely, absolutely. Moving on in our divisional roundtable with the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers. Now we all know Cam Cam Newton, the quarterback, is coming off so offseason uh, shoulder surgery. He had which was the shoulder that shoulder was bothering him throughout throughout the most of last season. You know, um you know is he ready back to form? Is he ready to go for the season? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, but also can he really thrive without an elite number one receiver? Uh, you know, I know they're high on or Curtis Samuel. He, he continues to grow for them. You know, the uh, former second round pick out of Ohio State in 2017 uh, had five touchdowns last year, 39 receptions, and almost 500 yards. You know, you know, can he really help them be elite on offense? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, Ron Rivera, you know, can really, you know, they went to the Super Bowl not too long ago, you know, got got uh, waxed by the uh, Broncos, as we know. Yeah. But um, Christian McCaffrey, you know, is definitely that is that stud in that offense. You know, is he yeah. the? Well, I, I want actually now, and now that I mentioned Chris McCaffrey, I want to ask you two questions. Back to Force Cam Newton, can he really thrive without a at a elite root target? And also, is has Chris McCaffrey the real deal, or he's just a is he just a product of that system? So can Cam uh, still thrive without a number one? Um, I think he can. I think this is, and and if you disagree, let me know. This is probably Mm -hmm. the most talented offense that he's played in Mm -hmm. from the offensive coordinator being Norv Turner. The pieces around him that he has are some young, bright talents. I mean, you know, I I have a lot of faith that bringing back Greg Olson does something good for them. It gives him a reliable guy that he can hit over the middle. Absolutely. Uh, 
you know, and and they, I, I agree, you know, they don't have that Steve Smith uh, type player there. And it was fun. It was nice having a Steve Smith type player because sometimes those passes from Cam Newton are just not on target. Cam Newton's biggest problem has been his inability to be uh, an accurate quarterback. This guy, even in his MVP season, had a, 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 a what's it called? A completion percentage of like 54% at its height. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I do believe he had a uh, all-time high for last year, though, because he was throwing most of his balls to the uh, the running back position. Okay. Yeah, so that, yeah, yeah. I think he asked almost for 66, 68% last year. Almost 68% last year, right? A huge bump from what he'd done until then. He had the 61% in 2013, 60% in uh, 2011. Um that 2015, I believe, was his MVP season. It was 59. I was at a 59.8% uh, uh, completion. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge bump when you're taking dump down, uh, dump off passes. Uh, that being said, if they were condensing the offense, great. His arm holds up for that. Great. You know, he's, this is his second arm shoulder surgery that he's had. So, you know, will he start to see velocity tail off? And again, these hits that he takes around mm-hmm. the goal line in open field are just bone crushing. Does Do we really need him taking those hits on a twice surgically repaired shoulder, right? Um as far as Christian McCaffrey, I wonder if Christian McCaffrey can hold up to this kind of beating. You can't put a scat back between the tackles like that for that many touches. You know, mm-hmm. even even a, a Darren Sproles at his heyday leveraged more his outside ability more than between the tackles. You know, so, you know, he had 220 carries, 170, 107 catches on 124 targets, which is 326 total touches. Do you really want your scat back type? Like, that's one thing that uh, came out, you know, as I've been I've been getting ready for the season. Uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, Evan Silva got a chance to talk to Sean Payton uh, and asked him, like, what's he going to do with Alvin Kamara now that um, uh, Mark Ingram has left on a five mm-hmm. or 15, $15 million five-a-year contract to the Ravens? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just like, you know what, Alvin Kamara is soft, right? <laughs> they like him in the role that he's in. He just not made – to take a beating, you know, the kind of beating of being the up back, the kind of beating of being a person who's going between the tackles, you know, 300 touches in a season. You know, even at that, if you can split that work off and give him 50, 60 of those inside touches uh, and keep most of the stuff outside, maybe you can't, maybe you get something going that way. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know if he can take that much work. I think for his to, to extend it, this, this is what I mean about the running back position. We want to manage these guys. We don't just want to bludgeon them into the ground. Like, do right. you, you? I don't know. You watch a lot more college football than I have, and you've probably seen more of Christian McCaffrey when he was in mm-hmm. uh, Stanford. Stanford. Mm-hmm. Did they did they utilize him between the yeah. tackles as much? Was he taking these big hits? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, even returning punts at at, uh, at Stanford. You know, so they utilized him a great deal. Okay. You know, so you know, as you to your point, you know, can you really continue to you know touch the rock as much? I think he needs you no. Know, this is why this is why I'm kind of saying what I was talking about Cam and the number one receiver. They need you know the elite guys on the outside kind of take that pressure off of Christian McCaffrey to to give the to give the ball to some to someone else. You know what I mean? Um, because you know if if he continues to kind of keep up the way he keep to do the work he's doing, he's not going to last very long. You know, like I said, you know they're high on Curtis Samuel. You know, but you know DJ Moore. You know yeah, the uh, another another first round pick at uh, uh, last year for the Panthers. You know he had what 55 catches last year. Yeah. Um, you know uh, Curtis Samuel, like I said, you know uh, had what just under 40 catches last season. Greg Olson was was bothered by a couple of different foot injuries. Yeah, you know, all that's a difference when when uh, uh, 
when Greg Olson was not on the field. That's what really changed them and forced them to do what they were doing with uh, with Christian McCaffrey. I don't think they ever intended to do that. I 100 percent agree with you. Agree with you there. Um, But it's just a matter of, you know, the fact that your running back is leading your team in receptions with over, you know what I mean? And you're you're you're. It's not sustainable. That's yeah, your 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 number your top receiver is what is half halfway there co- compared to him. You know, that's that's that shows you right there how much they lean on him, Christian McCaffrey. Um, but the Panthers, you know, you know they, they they've made some moves and they they picked up um, former uh, six time Pro Bowler Gerald McCoy out of Tampa Bay on a one year eight and a half million dollar deal. He was scheduled to make thirteen million with the Bucks, but uh, he chose to sign with the Panthers. The, they also picked up uh, your boy Chris Hogan out of New England. Yeah. Which is, you know, I don't really feel like there's a, he didn't really bring anything to the table for New England last year, even in the small spurts and didn't really show up in the Super Bowl. I, I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. what he brings to you. His, he's got the pedigree of a lacrosse player and it shows, right? He, mm-hmm. He's just not good enough with his hands, um, not consistent enough with the catches. Uh, and if he doesn't have the speed, I don't know if you make him your possession receiver. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you know, as far as the Panthers are concerned, they'll, they, they will, they're pretty much only relevant with with Cam Newton, and if his shoulder doesn't hold up, they're not going to do much there. Yeah. Moving yeah. on to the moving on to the New Orleans Saints in the NFC South. Um, Breeze turned 40 years old. You know the future Hall of Fame Super Bowl winning quarterback. Uh, you know how much longer can he really go? Uh, I, I I'm not sure, but you know it's so funny to think that you know some years back when the, when he had hurt his shoulder. In San Diego, you know, the Dolphins were looking at taking a chance on him, but then they, they neglected because of their, they weren't sure about his shoulder. And then, yeah. and, then, and, then, and then the Saints picked him up, and now look at him now. You know, he's set the all-time record, you know, for passing yards or touchdowns, what have you. Um, you know, but how much longer can he really go? And does that offense really change without, as you mentioned, without Mark Ingram there any further? Oh, good. I mean, I, I – so – they showed that they have a willingness to start running the ball more, right? Like, and for one of the biggest things that they did last year, knowing what they have in Taysom Hill, is pulling uh, Breeze off the field. Like, literally, the the idea that you're pulling a, and you know, when we see it on some offenses, it signals that there is a problem with the offense, right? When we see the Ravens pulling off Joe Flacco to run some wildcat plays, we see like that. We see it seems like an issue as opposed to you know the way you want to run an offense. When the Dolphins are pulling uh, their quarterback off the field to run some wildcat, we feel like it's an issue as opposed to like something you're trying to really do. The C, the the Saints have found a way to incorporate moving the ball on the ground in in creative ways uh, and you know flexing things so that they can they can adapt to an NFL that's changing. I like it. I think it's possible, but it just changes the way that you look at Drew Brees. If they need, if the passive, they needed him to throw 56 times in the game and win the game. They would do that. They have mm-hmm. run game that has, uh, you know, they just added Latavius Murray, who I think is not as good as Mark Ingram, but no. a better pass catcher. So they could continue doing the kind of things they like to do and be schematically uh, able to hide things. Um <clears throat> I, I think that this they can do this probably another three years. You know, I, I have faith in it. But I, again, I've been told that there are some games at the end of last year that it did look like Breeze had taken a step down. It looked like Breeze had declined. He was like missing wide open plays. I, I'll have to go back and see these because it looked like wow. he 
spot on. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy for him to make uh, plays if the player doesn't get interfered with, and then there isn't a call on that. But that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, you, you cut out there for a second. So bring that, bring that back one more time about getting, getting interfered with. Uh, I said if if I think Breeze would make more plays if the player hadn't been interfered with, and then no call had been made on that. But that's another I, story. For yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah, you, they are they're they're basically one penalty free play away from being in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. Um, you know, so but can really Breeze, you know, really continue to strive at 40 years of age? We see Brady doing it until at 42. But um, you know, I, I know they they resigned. They also resigned backup quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. To another one-year deal, you know, is he looking like he could take over for Breeze one day? You know, he looked sharp the other day in, the, in his preseason debut. You know, you know, he's coming off of you know that leg injury a couple of years back when he heard in practice with the Vikings. You know, can he really take over the reins once Breeze decides to you know move on from football? Um, I'm not sure. Sean Payton's really high on Teddy Bridgewater. A lot of guys are. You know, he has got that talent. You know, the former, uh, you know, elite quarterback out of Louisville. You know, can he really show, you know, get back to true form the way he was before with the Vikings? You know, because when he was in Minnesota, he looked like he could have been their franchise quarterback. And then, boom, that he blows out his knee in practice. You know, now he's kind of in that backup role. Well, he is in that backup role well, now in New Orleans. Um, uh, can he really believe to be a franchise QB in New Orleans? I think there's a chance. You know, I think he's got talent to do so. Will it happen? You know, you know, we have to wait and see, of course. But I think Breeze probably has a good two years left. And, yeah. I, and, I, think, and I think he's done. I'm not sure how much longer you think Breeze has, but uh, I think he's done it probably after two more years. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I feel like with the kind of offense that they're running and the kind of, you know, smart coaching they have and t- roster management that they, that system, like you said, right? A team that you could look at and think they're the Spurs. I would say that uh, the Saints have flirt- flirted with that mentality, that uh, uh, example as well. I feel like they've been in the conversation, been to two, uh, two deep postseason runs, lost in the NFC Championship game on a heartbreaking play. Uh, you know, it's, it's, they have a team that's set up to be successful for a long time. And this is a team that doesn't have Drew Brees signing team-friendly contracts. So maybe we have to have this conversation when the next time his contract tolls. It's And I believe it's at the end of this coming year uh, and see what he does. He put money back on the table. Does he say, hey, keep this team going? I can man the ship for you. You know, mm-hmm. um, Tom Brady at 42. If he plays through his 42-year season and he has 4,500 yards and let's say he has 28 touchdowns. I think he had 25 this last year. Uh, if he has like 28 or 30 touchdowns, that's be- that's better than most bottom-tier quarterbacks, and he's probably doing that all the way into the postseason. Now, do you think there's more upside? Do you think you can find a guy to give you 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns? Uh, I think to have the Tom Brady end of the season, I'd rather have him than Patrick Mahomes, but again – it's about playing for the future. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but but Bree, look at Breeze, man. He's still playing at elite level. He had almost four thousand yards last year, and only threw us a a a, a uh, low uh, interception. He had only had five interceptions, which is the second lowest, excuse me, in the league. You know, he had, and thirty on thirty-two touchdowns. So he's still playing at an elite level. You know, like you said with Brady, can he only throw you know 25, 26 touchdowns? Do you go look for somebody else? You know, possibly. But you know, until I really see a real, real dip in decline, you know, Breeze throws for just over 3,000 yards and 20, 23 touchdowns and 12 and 15 interceptions, then I'll say, okay, it might be time for them to move on from, from Breeze and perhaps looking at Bridgewater for the future. Um, 
but uh, you know, in, you know, if he continues the way he's going, you know, throwing for about averaging about four thousand yards or just under that, thirty touchdowns and maybe eight or nine interceptions, I think they'll be okay until you really see him take a true dip in his in his productivity. I think you stick with him. You know, he's a future Hall of Famer, um, Super Bowl winning quarterback. You know, so I, I think that you 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 hang on to Bridgewater because you know a back back a backup court a, a great backup quarterback is a great thing to have and it's a good problem to have at the same time yeah. if you're if you're if an nfl team so i just think that you know they'll be all right with breeze for the next couple of years and then move on from there but let's let's finish out our divisional roundtable this week with the in the nfc south with the tampa bay buccaneers um really kind of um uh interesting news more of kind of shocking that and sue left the rams and signed the uh one-year deal with the bucks for nine and a quarter million um, I think it can go up to about 10 million with incentives. You know, he basically takes the place of Gerald McCoy. Yeah. I was just shocked that he left the Rams to go with the Bucks. You know, the Bucks have been what mediocre at best the past couple seasons. Yeah. You know, they bring in Bruce Arians to, as a new head coach. You know, um, I think you had posed the question, you know, offline that you know can Bruce Arians really ignite Jameis Winston? Yeah. I'm I'm not sure what your thoughts are on. Aaron, the, the, the pairing of Arians and, and Winston. Um, I think I think it's a good move for them to bring in a guy like Adonis too. I don't know how much he has left in the tank. He was he was quite the force last year, but he did disappear in some games. So really, you're you're sending him out to eat up two guys, and he does that effectively, and he fights out there for you. So you know, I I don't know if it's as much a bad move for him to leave the Rams as much as the Rams letting him walk as opposed to keeping in, him in house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Arians, I think Arians has been able to get great offensive production through his offenses. Um, he's been able to work with some quarterbacks. So, you know, just listening to some of the things that have been coming out of uh, Jameis Winston, sound bites and whatnot, it does sound like he's starting to think about, you know, make the mental aspect of the game that he wasn't taking into account before. The athleticism is there, but making the right decisions, knowing where to make the best decision, uh, I think is something that he needed somebody like Arians to come and give him that uh, – that that confidence that these are your best options take one of those and we'll live on to put to play another day um, right right and you know i think arians can help winston you know evolve as a as, as a as a quarterback as an elite franchise qb you know he'll help him with his maturity level and as, as well too you know and really just kind of just bring up and as you said you know just develop his game or heighten his 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 game even further you know, Bruce Arians, of course, last coached in Arizona. You know, you know he, he did there. You know, so I think he's a good coach. Uh, but you know, can can Winston really thrive? You know, you know, I I just not sure what they can do. I and mean, he still has his his elite target in Mike Mike Evans. Mike Evans. You, Mike Evans. You know, he made a lot of quarterbacks look good. Yeah, we know that he Mike Evans is the real deal, 100. Um, percent Now I'm not gonna go against him at all. He's a top five receiver, I think. Maybe you know, if not, some people say maybe top ten. You know, probably yeah. you know, but um, he's a fantasy stud. But uh, you know, I, the the running back. The thing about them, the running back position is really where the Bucks are hurting on offense. Yeah. Um, I like O.J. Howard at the tight end spot, even Cam and Braith. Um, but Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, you know. I, you know, I'm not I'm not too sure um, how, how they can how much, how productive they'll be in the running game. That's why I say you know the I, I'm not sure. I like Chris Godwin um, as the other receiver, of course, out of Penn State. Um, 
but you know, and and, and being that uh, Joe McCoy is not there anymore, you know, on the defensive side, you know, what can the Bucks really truly do? Uh, and especially in that division with the Saints, I don't know. Ooh, and I don't, yeah, you gotta strap in. Yeah. In. Um, <laughs> no, so, you know, to your point, yeah, they they've got some names, they've got some guys, and definitely again, people say running backs don't matter, and here we are saying that one of the biggest holes on the uh, Bay Buccaneers is their inability to run the ball. Right. Uh, so you know, I'm looking at their schedule right now. Uh, they go, they're at home against San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I don't think they win that game, but hopefully you can beat a team from San Fran who isn't ready for the heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Carolina, you're not beating the Panthers. The Giants are coming to town. You could probably beat them. Mm-hmm. Then you have to go to L.A. and play against uh, the, the Rams. Rams. Oh, the Rams, sorry. The Rams. Uh, then you go to New Orleans and you play against the Saints. Then you're back at home to play the Carolina Panthers again, who you just played. Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- is there enough time there? Uh, oh, and that looks like it's, it's an England game. Right? I think I think that game might be in London, actually. <laughs> I mean, I just don't see them in October being a you know above 500 team. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it, unless unless you're telling me they're going to come out here and shock and and split one and one between the Rams game and the uh, Saints game, yeah, it's it's hard for me to see. Yeah, this. yeah, they could st- easily start out one and five. Yeah, you know, easily exactly. the first first six games, maybe maybe two, maybe two and four. You know, um, so they've got they've got some holes to fill there, um, on in Tampa Bay for sure. But I, again, I like the move by Bruce Bruce Arians coming to town. Um, but that, well, folks, that's gonna do it this week for uh, this episode of What's the Word Entertainment. Obed, any last thoughts or any uh, recap that you wanted that you left out? Uh, I know we talked about a lot today, folks. Sorry we, got, we got it in, guys. We're getting ready for uh, for fantasy football season. Get ready for the football. Yes. Season. Lock it in, Get, guys. It's going to be out there. We're going to try to drop these picks on you, let you know what's going on. Keep the fans popping. Keep that money in your bank. Listen, don't lose your pants. I said it last year. Listen, don't bet the farm. Pay the rent, <laughs> pay the bills, and we'll play with what's left over. Exactly. You know, fantasy, yes. Fantasy football is around the corner. We will get into fantasy football, I'm sure, on, on the next episode because that is something – Every every uh, football fan looks forward to every single season, um, definitely for sure. I don't have anything else left to say. I think we said it all, guys. Don't forget to check out the entire channel on SoundCloud.com/slash What's the Word Entertainment, and also check out our newly created Twitter account at, at the Real WTWENT, the Real WTW Entertainment, and of course, um, for What's the Word Entertainment. It's your boy Sherm for Obed. We're out of here, guys. Check you next time. Peace.